Welcome to Stride, Organizing with Purpose, a podcast from Blue Future. My name is Morgan Starr, and I'm the co-executive director at Blue Future. Blue Future envisions a world where no matter our color or origin, our income or zip code, desire and determination are the only things getting in the way of young people's ability to push for a transformative and progressive agenda. We are on a mission to inspire, mobilize, and invest in young people across race and place to organize for a brighter tomorrow. The determined and passionate voices of young people deserve to be heard. This podcast called Stride, Organizing with Purpose, is giving young people a platform to spread their ideas and share their work. This is an opportunity for youth leaders to practice your public speaking and messaging, to build confidence in our ability to talk to press and the media, and to share our collective vision of the brightest future. Welcome to the Stride Podcast, Organizing with Purpose with Blue Future. We are excited to have one of our former Blue Future organizers on the call with us today, Camille Serrano from California. But before we get to introducing Camille, I wanted to say hello to my co-director of Blue Future, Nick Gusman. How are you doing today, Nick? Hey, Morgan. I'm doing all right. I'm excited to get to chat with Camille, a good friend. One of the best parts of our work at Blue Future and in youth organizing is the potential to make so many wonderful friends across the country and especially when they're local to my hometown here in Los Angeles. So I'm looking forward to the conversation today and also just want to give Morgan a shout out who helped to shut down DC today for voting rights, doing some protesting and civil disobedience actions across the nation's capital. And so shout out to being out there today, Morgan. Well, thank you for that. And yes, we would love to pass it to Camille. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are right now, and what you're up to? Hi, Nick. Hi, Morgan. It's wonderful to be in this space. My name is Camille Serrano. I use pronouns she, they. I grew up in Buena Park, California. Currently, I reside in downtown Los Angeles. I have been community organizing for the past three years, and I've been advocating for social change the past five years. It started when I was in community college, and that activism continued to be with me while I transferred to UCLA. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that background, and we obviously want to hear more about kind of what brought you into this work, how you first got connected to Blue Future, your viewpoint on political and community organizing, and what drew you into the progressive movement? Actually, my experiences leading up to my time with Blue Future has been a journey To be honest, my advocacy started with research. I was one of eight students to be accepted into the social justice research pilot program at UCLA when I was at community college. And I did research on how everyday microaggressions affects the academic resiliency of female LGBTQIA students of color. And that research served as a podium for social change. I used the results of my study to advocate for mandated cultural sensitivity training. And luckily, it was passed in the North Orange County Community College District from the President's Senate, Student Senate, and Academic Senate to mandate cultural sensitivity training, regardless of the presence of state funding. And that resolution actually served as a pivotal moment for me in stepping into my own power. After I completed that research, I was able to transfer to UCLA from community college, and I continued my research, but I focused more on diaspora communities, specifically the Philippine X diaspora community, and how motherhood 
and its representation representation changes throughout the immigration process. And throughout my time as an advocate and activist, I use research as a support to advocate for change because unfortunately our legislators and our elected officials, they need statistics, they need facts. And although lived experience is just as powerful, we need the backing of research to help us progress and get individuals who are more STEM-minded to be able to support us in our efforts. And so throughout that time, I was hosting intersectionality forums. I was a panelist for academic resiliency. I was a panelist for the Asian Pacific Islander Forum. All of those extracurriculars I have been doing throughout my time as a researcher. But once I graduated in the pandemic hit, that's when I realized that we all just need to come together and we need to build a community, whether it is in person or virtual, because togetherness is a feeling that cannot be stopped even in a global pandemic. And I found Blue Future. Thank you for sharing all of that. You have been doing incredible work and we are so lucky that we got to work with you and we completely agree. It's really important to have research backed information when you are doing this organizing and that we get everyone involved, including people in the STEM fields and things like that. So I know after Blue Future, you continued on and started working with Ignite. Can you tell us a bit about your journey working with Ignite and for maybe folks listening who don't know what Ignite is, if you could explain that as well? Absolutely. So Ignite is a movement. It's a woman-led, nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that focuses on empowering women to step into their political power. And I have the opportunity to serve as the Los Angeles Fellow for Ignite. Currently, I am co-leading a community council meeting that will be happening in January, and it'll focus on issues relating to cultural sensitivity, representation, and everyday microaggressions as it relates to the Southern California region as a whole. In these community council meetings, we connect with high school students, community college students, college chapter leaders, activists, advocates, organizers, and political professionals. The implementation of the Southern California Community Council meeting have been started since earlier this year in September. This will be our third meeting, and it has inspired over 30 women to join Ignite and step into their political power. As a fellow for Ignite, I also have the opportunity to assist with training such as Run Now. And Run Now is set up to empower young women to run for office, whether it is school board, city council, or president of the United States. And these trainings are completely free. And it is a five-week course that is set up to help women succeed. Hmm. Yeah, we at Blue Future have been inspired by the Ignite program and know that a lot of our fellows and staff have gone through the program. And it's what led us to want to start a candidate training program, which, of course, is our generation run program that just finished up last week that Morgan led, where we trained about 15 young organizers, mostly women, mostly from BIPOC communities in getting ready to run for office one day in the future, feeding into the pipeline of other programs like Ignite, Run for Something, Emerge America, 
So we commend your leadership and are so grateful to be movement partners in that. One thing that I keep hearing you say through the conversation is stepping into your power or for other people to step into their power. Could you talk a little bit more about, define it for us. Let's talk about what it means, but also what does it feel like? What does that feel like being able to step into your power? So stepping into your power, at least in my perspective, is being able to be at the table at which you want to have a seat at. And stepping into your power can look many different ways. It can be being able to be connected with other activists and organizers across the country in a platform such as Blue Future, or it can be having the resources to run for office. It could be going to grad school and learning about policy so that you can be a policy change maker. Stepping into your power is a phrase that I like to use to empower those who wish to be involved in politics and to be more civically engaged because there isn't one path to take for everyone. It is not a one size fits all. And we see this in Gen Z as they are stepping into their power, especially with elections, because we all do our part as advocates. And stepping into your power is having the feeling of confidence to own your seat at the table and to be able to choose that seat for yourself. It definitely is. And that's one of the things that we are doing here at Blue Future. We want to make sure that young people know that they have a seat at the table. And when they get that seat at the table, that they have the resources and skills they need to make sure that their voices are heard. And one of the things when we talk to young people that we hear most often is, I didn't know where to start, or I didn't know how to get involved. What would you say to fellow young people who might be in high school, college, or elsewhere in their life who want to get involved in their community and get involved politically? If I were to give any advice to younger folks who wish to get involved but are maybe too shy or don't have the resources, the best advice is to ask. Ask for help, ask for resources, because most of the time they're are resources available, but they're hidden and they get clogged in the pipeline of communication. It's, I did not find out about the UCLA research program until I asked our honors coordinator if there were any opportunities. I did not know about Blue Future until I asked my former employer if there is any connections with political advocacy. It starts by asking and Many people in this world, especially in the activism advocacy community, they want to help you. They want to bridge those connections because we're all in this mission together. We want to make social change happen. Mm. We are in it together. And as you said, even a global pandemic can't stop the power that we share when we are together and we are coordinated and organized together, focused on a mission and a goal, whether that's empowering people to step into their power and run for office or organizing around a, a local issue or something that's going on at your you know, high school or college. So again, appreciating that insight and that kind of centerpiece of what, what we're talking about today. I think we'll go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be right back with Camille Serrano, one of Blue Future's former organizers and Ignite fellow based out of Los Angeles. February is Black History Month in the United States. Black History Month was first established nationwide in the United States in 1976. 
Many of the origins of this event originated from dedicated young people organizing on college campuses during the 1960s and 1970s. During every month, but particularly during this time of year, it is important to remember the struggles and triumphs of Black Americans. We challenge you this month to support Black artists and Black businesses to reflect on the rich and powerful history of Black Americans and to take action towards creating a more equitable society. To learn more about the most pressing issues facing the Black community in the United States and to take action to support the Black community and create more equity, visit the NWACP's website at naacp.org. Alrighty, everyone, we are back with Camille Serrano, one of Blue Future's former organizers and currently the Ignite Fellow for Los Angeles. Camille, it is so great to have you with us today. Hi, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for hosting this space. Awesome. We want to get back into our conversation. You told us a lot about the research that you did in college around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we wanted to check in with you on that work. Is it continuing at your school or any of those projects continuing in your own work today? So I am currently not doing any research right now because I do not have the resources of the research journals nor the academic support because I graduated in 2020, the OG class of Zoom. However, I am focusing my efforts on hands-on community organizing and using my research still as a launchpad for social change. And that's part of the reason why I joined Blue Futures because I wanted to use my knowledge in a platform that allows me to connect with folks from an array of identity markers. Mm, Yeah, and I think there's something to be said about how valuable research is and research institutions and having access to the academic fact-finding and empirical evidence that we need to start making decisions about policy or start making decisions about organizing and how to talk about things. But at the same time, nothing can really beat, as you already mentioned, the lived experience and just working directly with folks who are impacted by these policies, these different ideas every single day. And so seeing that transition from academia to the real world, I think is something that young people have a role to play in for sure. And another question we like to ask on the podcast here is focus on what's next. So what do you have your eyes set on in the future? What do you Think about the future of youth organizing. Do you have any big plans for yourself politically or otherwise? In terms of the next generation, I see that we're obviously moving from single issue advocacy to intersectional advocacy. And we saw this in recent movements with COVID and Black Lives Matter, Stop Asian Hate. It was the centerfold of community building. People from different marginalized communities, whether it's race, gender, class, ability, citizenship, we all came together to support these movements and This is the community building and sense of togetherness that is going to bring issues to the forefront of change. In terms of my future, I am hoping to continue with community organizing at least for the next couple of years and possibly after building those connections, going back to school and getting my master's or applying for a PhD program. To be honest, I would love to see where life takes me because I believe that there is opportunities that call my name, I will definitely rise to the occasion. 
knowing you, I definitely know that to be true. And I think that goes for a lot of young people. Young people are ready to take on the challenges of today and tomorrow. And we're so happy that there will be people like you ready to rise to the occasion and keep leading the way. So thank you for everything you're doing and will continue to do. And we know in this work, many people work many hours And it's tiring. It could be tough going out every day fighting for these issues and not always seeing wins, but we we take our small wins and our big wins. How do you find time to recharge and stay motivated in this fight? The way that I practice self-care is first waking up and drinking water to imagine myself cleansing my energy and cleansing myself any disappointment or toxins that may have been enclosed in my physical body. I also practice deep breaths. I do deep breathing exercises. I inhale for seven seconds. I hold my breath for four and I release in three seconds. Finally, I like to treat myself to good food. I love eating. I think that is one of the greatest blessings that life can give to a person is eating delicious food. I love Korean barbecue. I love anything fusion of two cultures or more two or more cultures. And the best medicine for me in self-care is just connecting with people over a warm plate of Korean barbecue. <laughs> I'm so honored that I had the chance to share that experience with you just a couple of weeks ago, Camille. And we, we had a wonderful lunch at Korean barbecue restaurant here in LA. And uh, when Morgan, you come out to visit in a couple of weeks, we'll have to run it back, I think. But I hear you on our breath, on taking care of our bodies and t- checking in with our bodies, and then to find joy, find ways that we can recharge with those that we care most about. And that's obviously uh, one of the most important things as young people so that we can stay committed for, for the long haul. So as we get toward the end of our podcast here today, we have our final question that we ask everybody, which is, what would it feel like if everybody could be truly free? I guess that's the question of the hour, isn't it, Morgan and Nick? That is a question that we are all trying to answer internally. It would feel like we have an open space for all of us to be heard and validated. For all of us to be free and be truly free, we must first practice self-awareness of identity-based privilege. Having the awareness of when to step in, when to step out, and when to step up, I believe is the first step in creating space that allows all of us to share our experiences free from judgment and to be in and share in a sense of togetherness. We definitely agree. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think what you said there, step in, step out and step up, that's really important. And we want to make sure all young people are learning as they're learning about organizing. And before we let you go, we just wanted to see if you wanted to give any shout outs to any organizations that you're working with or any actions that you want our listeners to take. Yes, definitely. I would love to give a shout out to Ignite National. That is the organization I'm currently a Los Angeles fellow for. I would love to give a shout out to Melanated Youth. It is a youth-led BIPOC-based community advocacy, community organizing organization that is led actually by my sister, a 16-year-old in Fullerton High School. I'd like to give a shout out to Melanated Youth and feel free to follow me on Instagram. My handle is original underscore Cami, C-A-M-I. I post a lot about food, about community organizing, and of course, I am a Sagittarius, so you will be able to keep up with my travels. 
Love to hear it. Love to hear it. We got to get them started young and, and raise them to believe in the ability to step into their own power. So Camille, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Yes. Chloe is, my sister's name is Chloe and she is incredible and amazing and imagine myself, but amplified by three times because she is so young and she's six and a half years younger than me and she's making huge waves. That's awesome. And I hope that your sister will one day join Blue Future. That's so exciting. You will have to tell your sister all about this work and hopefully we can work with them in the future. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, everyone. This is the Stride Podcast. We'll see you next time. Music for today's podcast was provided by Eli Silverman Lord. Thank you so much for listening today. This is the Stride Podcast with Blue Future. If you're a young person looking to get involved in politics and organizing, you've come to the right place. Check out our website at, at ourbluefuture.us or our social media at Blue Future Now on all platforms to find out how you can make a change in your communities today. Special thanks to our producer, Alexia Klein. You can reach out to her with any questions at alexia at ourbluefuture.us. We'll see you next time.